Global supply chain and logistics industry leaders gather, connect, and exchange ideas at IHS Market's annual TPM conference organized by the JOC. In our new podcast series, Beyond TPM, we keep those conversations going, taking a deep dive into critical, rapidly evolving topics and the insights uncovered this year at TPM 21. I'm Alessandra Barrett, the JOC's Senior Editor for Special Projects. Today I'm speaking with Brian Kempisty, founder of Port X Logistics. Thanks for joining me today, Brian. No, thanks so much. We're really uh, excited to have this chat and share a little bit more about uh, what we've been doing in the drayage world and driving the adoption of technology. Let's start at the beginning here. Port X Logistics is a drayage transloading company, but it feels like a more modern take on that business. What inspired you to create the company and take the approach that you have? Well, really, we started with what we call the Declaration of Independence at Portex, which was uh, myself and some of the other partners um, at Portex, the things that we had seen in the industry that we did not want to do. And some of our core beliefs. So we always talk about the Declaration of Independence, our success factors, and just making it an enjoyable experience. A lot of people talk about customer experience. We want it to be a great experience for everybody. That means our employees, our drivers, our vendors, our customers. Um, So we take all those success factors, and then we really try to wrap everything together with technology to give that more modern feel that you're talking about. It's only relatively recently that the technology world has finally begun to address the inefficiencies in the drayage market. What are the challenges in bringing technology into this space? How is Port X involved in the mission, if you will, of advancing the integration of tech into the market? Well, it was a black hole for a long time. Lots of manual processes. And it's still not there yet. There's some components of the drayage world that have been automated, like via a driver app. You can see when he's waiting at the terminal, when he's outgated the terminal, those sorts of things. And the things that we continue to work on is drayage is inherently multi-legged, meaning there could be a pre-pull, there could be a delivery, and then there could be an empty return. So we're working on putting all of those components together. And additionally, what we're doing for our clients is we're trying to take the data out of their hands and the work out of their hands when the container is still on the water. So we're tracking the container, we're tracking the vessel, we're tracking the availability of the terminal, whether it's customs cleared, if there's a TMF hold or any sort of payment that is is due, we pay that on our client's behalf to expedite the process. So we have to work very diligently with our technology provider, Turbo, who is based up in Silicon Valley, And we're creating lots of APIs so that we can get that data automatically into our system. Because right now, operators on a daily basis to track drayage, they might have to go to a steamship line, a terminal, a rail site. There's 80 different sites that we use on a daily basis manually. And what we're doing is we're doing an integration where APIs are going to come in from everywhere to feed our system so it's automatically updated, taking out the manual process and giving the clients real-time data, not just of their drayage, but where they're 
ocean container is, whether it be in the ocean at the terminal or on the rail. So it should be saving everybody a ton of time and creating complete transparency versus I had a client that said, yeah, drainage is like the black hole. We know the vessel arrived and then we have no idea where it is. Why do you think it was lagging behind? Why is drayage, in, in your opinion, an area where tech has only recently started to make these inroads? I think there's two things. One, that multimodal component that I spoke of. So the ocean, the rail, as well as all the terminal availability, there was a lot of complexity. So you had to build out APIs in order to do it. And secondly, and I, this is not my staff, but from the Harbor Trucking Association, I think 9,500 of 10,000 drayage drivers in LA Long Beach are owner operators. And when you're that heavily dependent upon the owner operator market, it's hard to get a unified piece of technology working. So we have to make that driver app very, very user-friendly where you click the link and that's it, you know, and everything else is managed via geofencing. And the only other thing that needs to get done is taking a picture of that POD upon delivery. So I think there's multiple reasons why, but the complexities, the multimodal and multi-leg nature, and then the high dependency upon owner operators in the drainage market. Now, transparency. We'd be rich if we had a dime for every time we heard that word. And sometimes it does just start to feel like a buzzword. Everyone's saying, oh, I can provide transparency. Transparency is what we need. But I'm interested in your take on how, as a service provider, you're not just ticking that box. How do you keep pushing forward and making sure that you're continuing to offer the most that you can when it comes to transparency? Yeah, I think we have. I mean, are we 100% perfect? No, but I mean, we have driven well above 90%. And when, I, when I'm talking about transparency, what comes to mind for me is not just your drayage from LA Long Beach to the Inland Empire in Ontario, California, but more complex and more timely shipments. So for example, a container comes into Seattle, it needs to be appointed, it needs to get to a transload warehouse, photographs of the transload, and then GPS tracking of the over the road driver all the way to Grand Rapids, Michigan, who needed to deliver this morning at 8 a.m. or there was a line that was going to go down. And what we do is through our technology that we utilize and we partner with Turbo on, there's also links within these shipments. So the transparency to me is there is a link for the logistics manager at this BCO. There is a link for the production manager. There is a link for the customs broker and anybody else that needs to be involved. Everybody gets the shipment link and everybody is in the know. And for the logistics person who is hiring us, she said like, that takes so much pressure off of my plate because I don't have the production manager calling me on Sunday night or the planning person, is this going to make it? Every party within the supply chain has a link to the shipment on the, you know, a click on their smartphone and they know exactly where the shipment is located. Something that I noticed on your website was this quote, we always talk about grit and commitment. We're willing to do whatever it takes to follow the process and hold ourselves accountable, which you've been speaking to for the last few minutes. But I'd love if you could give an example of how that translates to the day to day. Sure. I think a little overview of, of who we are. 
And we come from a background, you know, Portax is only going on four years old, but we are going to do a significant amount. What I think is entering a major market player where we'll do a hundred million dollars in revenue and we're becoming that market player, but we all come from a background of doers. Like we all book trucks, we know drivers, we've worked on the dock. And when, when you boil it all down, we're just a group of hardworking people that really want to get it done. And that is our grit and determination. And, you know, we talk about our, our service. Number one thing is to wow the customers and what we call collect bingos, which means customer accolades. And that is our sole focus. Our focus is not necessarily on the P&L. It's not on any other factors other than creating a great environment and collecting those bingos. And we've been lucky enough that that has driven the profitability. We haven't had to worry about it. Just do good work. The rest will take care of itself. And just, just a little note on grit. I take our leadership team every year on a leadership retreat. This is not your normal, hey, we're going to go to a conference room or go to a golf course. It's self-guided. They come out here to Montana. We go get our backpacks. We get our food. We hike into the mountains for three days, live at 8,900 feet of elevation. You have to set up your own tents. You have to be physically able to do it. So you're, you're preparing. And the reason we do that is it is that metaphor of grit, because if you can accomplish that eight mile hike and you can accomplish living with grizzly bears and potential snow in July and do all those things, how hard is it to deal with an employee conflict or a driver issue? And a note that I leave in the cup holder in my truck is always perspective, right? How do you put that back into perspective? And I think that allows our leadership team to really get back to being removed, going through some grit and having some complete perspective on what we're trying to accomplish as an organization. Let's take a little bit of a wider view now. What do you think is the biggest challenge facing the industry as a whole at the moment? I think, you know, right now in, in drainage and in transloading, it's just the over, everybody's oversubscribed. There's just more volume than there is capacity. So that's your driver capacity. Many drivers are leaving the drainage world because the lines at the terminals are so bad and they know they can make money going over the road. So you're really struggling with the driver capacity, the warehouse capacity, the demand for transloads is so high that there's only so much throughput. Labor continues to be an issue. Who would have thought that there's no pallets, that that is an issue that we're confronting. And now with all the consumer goods that are coming in generally floor loaded, they need labor and they need pallets, both of them, which are in short supply. So everybody has to work through that. And we've been a very fast growing company, but we're also very cognizant of the fact that, I mean, I don't ever want to let anybody go because we don't have enough work. So we're very thoughtful in how many people we add, how we try to leverage technology to create efficiencies and create a sustainability for our, our growth trajectory moving forward. When you look forward, what do you have your sights set on next? It feels like the company could keep turning and improving different aspects of the business, but 
what are you looking at for the next phase of where you might be able to improve? I think it's continuing to link more parties of the supply chain together and more closely partner with, it could be a BCO and they've got direct steamship line contracts. So have BCO and then partner with their customs broker and them to make sure that there's transparency or even taking it a step further is when you are connected with a BCO, their freight forwarder, NVOCC, and us is, you know, I'm calling it last mile, but that last mile could be 2000 miles if it's an expedited transload and trying to get all parties to have access to the information at the same time. And we're continually working to, to execute on that and make sure that we can link all those parties together so they do have the real transparency that people are looking for. Two questions that might overlap. What is the greatest opportunity that you see in the industry right now? And what tech opportunities are you most excited about? I think ongoing, there is a ton of opportunities within the industry. And the way I look at it is we're a younger, more progressive company that's adopted the technology. We've taken out some of the old way of thinking and the old processes. And I think just by doing what we do, we are so far advanced over many of the other companies that have gone into legacy systems. That's one of the opportunities about being a young company is we can adopt things very quickly, very nimbly. We don't have to go to a board of directors. The people managing the day-to-day business are the board of directors. So we can very nimbly execute on all of that. And as far as continuing to drive that tech, we've got somebody that's all that he does is he is in charge of adoption for drivers, for carriers, for customers. So we don't lose sight of it. And so to me, it's more about the execution. I think the technology is getting there. Now it's about execution and how do we get everybody to adopt it and implement it? Because I can tell you, I've seen so many times in Fortune 500 companies that they spend multiple millions of dollars on systems that never really get used or integrated. And it's a complete failure. So when we started, I think we were like three or six months in, we're like, this is a role that is going to be mandatory because it's not just, oh, you have great tech. How do you use that great tech? And how do you get the customer to take advantage of it, the driver to take advantage of it, and our operators to take advantage of it? It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Thank you, Alessandra. Beyond TPM is a production of the JOC, part of the Maritime and Trade Division of IHS Market. For more news, analysis, and business intelligence for all things shipping and logistics, visit JOC.com and follow us on social media.